Welcome to the Crossing Paths podcast with pastors Brian Burson and John Martinez, the podcast where they embark on captivating journeys through the lives of Sandals Church Banning members, exploring the real life stories that intertwine our church community and deepen our connections. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, we have the the blessing of having Nicole Stark here with us today. Yep. Um, she serves on our soul care ministry yeah. here at Sandals Church Banning, and so it's a blessing to have her a part of that. She's come through soul care, yep. and we'll talk about that. So she's she's experienced the need for soul care, yep. and so it's part of um, her testimony and the work that God's doing in her life. I want to start with um, just kind of your your background, your family. Um, you know, were you raised as a Christian? Um, what was that that experience like? Um, yes, I was raised as a Christian. Um, grew up in Calvary Chapel churches. Um, two parents that were heavily involved in church. I mean, we went every Sunday twice, <laughs> you know, morning and night, and then Wednesday nights, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, so that introduced me to God. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you know, like, I mean, how, how young you were when you think you, like, made a confession of I was Christ? baptized at about 12 years old. Okay. Um, so I that's when I actually made, like, my own confession. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you, not until about three years ago, um, when I went through the darkest time of my life, that is when I felt God. Yeah. That is when I developed a relationship with Mm -hmm. him. I don't feel like growing up, I knew God. I knew about God, the concept of him, but I did not know God. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think my parents did the best with what they knew Mm -hmm. and, and what they were surrounding themselves you know with but um um i didn't get it until i got it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah a lot of times going through hard things is the necessary juncture to actually come into a a, a real relationship with the lord because that's when you're real right because yeah. you're yeah. you're yeah. you're broken you're like so i can't broken. do this yeah. on my own yeah. yeah like everybody's got their story some a little more tragic than others yeah. but we all go through it yeah Okay, so you said you came from Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. so you're, kind of, you're living down close to the beach. Yep, Huntington um, Beach. And then you, and Matt Brown was from Huntington Beach. Remember, he served at a church down there. He was talking about it this Sunday. Yeah. Um, but you moved from there. Yeah. And you guys moved to Paris. Moved to Paris. My um, dad was in um, aerospace, so okay. he got a job out in Riverside, Um at an aerospace company, Roar. And so he was sick of commuting all the time. And so, yeah, um, houses were inexpensive in Paris Mm -hmm. and they had the opportunity to buy their first home. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were about 30 years old, I I would say. Yeah, about 30, 31 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Paris is interesting. I lived in Paris too for (laughs) a little while. So So a little little bit rough for an environment, high school, um, graduated Paris High School. Yes. Yes, graduated Paris High School, um, played a lot of sports. Okay. Um, what were your sports? I was uh, softball and uh, soccer. Okay. So I played softball basically all of my life, and then um, soccer the last two years of high school. Okay. Um, I was I was a catcher, so they thought I could be a goalie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never played before really? in my life. So, but, um, yeah, did you do it? I did. I was actually varsity. Wow. So what do you I was actually was the, the captain my senior year. Wow. Dang, that's Dang. pretty cool. It's uh, someone new. I guess. <laughs> Maybe I, that's the trick. 
You know, I'm just very aggressive. Okay, <laughs> You're, you go after it. Um, yeah, yeah. Graduated Paris High School. Graduated Paris High School. Went straight out of um, high school into college. Um, yeah. Went to um, a medical school and um, started my um, medical career young. Uh, I did an accelerated course, so I was literally working in the medical field at 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just, like, sucked that up and just, like, <laughs> you know, um, you know, was waitressing. I was I moved out at 17 years old wow. because yeah. I did not want to be told what to do. And um, I thought I knew everything, and I could do it on my own. And, yeah, <laughs> I did, but it sucked. <laughs> it's kind of like my wife, Jana. It's she a reality was, check. She was yeah. young. She was, like, very, like... I'm going to go do everything on my own. I'm just yeah. going to make it happen. And she did, but it's not easy. No. It's not, yeah. No. So I remind my daughter about that every single day. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. All the struggles that came with that, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, put me in financial hardship and just you make choices that you wouldn't normally make because you're in situations you shouldn't be in, you know. So, sure. um, yeah. but that all formed me to mm-hmm. become, you know, the woman that I am today. So I'm grateful for it. It's good. Um, and you're still in that field. I am so still, still in, in that field. So in the field. medical field. Mm. Um, yeah. We were talking a little bit before. Yeah. You actually, um, like, you, as I understand it, you'll have to explain it, but coordinate to make sure that everything that's necessary and needed in the surgical room is there. For all of surgery, for everything, for as from the front office until the patient leaves um, PACU. So, um, yes, uh, ordering all of the supplies, managing them, the implants, the um, equipment, wow. uh, negotiating new contracts for new service lines, reducing the cost of um, health care, trying to provide, you know, the best products at the best price for our um our patients, wow. mm. you know, so, um, I, that's something God made me really passionate about a couple of years ago. Cause I'm looking at like insurance. They just it's nothing but money, right? They just, they want to give you less and you, for you to pay more. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna fight this system, you know? <laughs> so if people. I, you know, if I can reduce the cost of the surgery, so it puts more money into the patient's pockets, but also provide the best products and the best service lines, um, um, then I'm happy. So um, you've been doing this career for how many years? Well, I started at 19. um, So in the OR, assisting in surgery. And then about seven years, I was um, asked to step into the the, uh, purchasing manager role. Wow. And then um, about oh, four or five years ago, they created a new position in our, um, it, we're under this umbrella called Surgical Care Affiliates, shout out, um, <laughs> but I work for Inland Surgery Center in Redlands. Nice. Um, um, they created this regional role. So I was helping implement like the processes that I had started, the savings initiatives, um, just the flow implementing them into our other centers and training um, them to operate in these same, in these same ways. But that helped me a lot because it couldn't be exactly the way I do it for my center because their center's different, you know? So um, I I had to tweak it and work with like who these people are and what their gifts are, you know, so that they could be successful in whatever they're doing. So this doesn't, I mean, it doesn't sound like a stress 
low stress job. Oh no, it's not. I mean, it's, it's high. And that sounds very complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's and then a lot you of throw COVID it, into it a oh, couple gosh. years ago, and then oh, yeah, how we couldn't get any medical products. Wow. Um, I mean, literally trying to operate with like the bare minimum. It can still be tricky you know? to get a hold of those. Products it still is now. hard. It's still hard. Yeah, Yeah, they're not making a lot of um, the materials anymore. So, um, you know, now you're paying a lot more and and the um, product has become way less, way less. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, and like, I'm not going to do that to our patients. So, you know, I I play the game back. That's right. You enjoy (laughs) your job though. I do. I find a lot of fulfillment from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm a multitasker, which I don't necessarily think is always the great, the greatest thing, but, um, I'm able to like take on a lot of things at one, one time, time and, um, and somehow get it done. Yeah. That sounds very hard. Let me take you back to, um, in your timeline. Yeah. Okay. So you graduated, mm-hmm. you left home early, Yeah. trying to figure this out on your own. Then you met somebody. Yeah. Okay. So um, tell, tell us like your, your story of, of marriage. And so I had met my ex-husband at 21 years old in a nightclub in Riverside, the rocks club. And, um, I just remember walking by him and was like, memorized, like just, he's beautiful, you know? And, um, he was in the DJ booth doing his thing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I see you. And, um, like kind of just, the, the re- that was on a Tuesday night. I don't know why I remember it. I'm being on a Tuesday night. But um, the crazy part is, is, um, you know, we met each other. We went out um, afterwards and then um, seen him again on a Friday night. And literally from that day on, we were inseparable. Uh-huh. inseparable. We moved in together after two months. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend that, mm-hmm. but that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, being real. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we... Had no clue what we were doing. Mm-hmm. None. Um, you know, he came from a family that was, sh- it was very hard to love. Mm-hmm. They didn't really show love. And, um, you know, his, his dad was um, not around like he had should have been. And um, I just felt like, Oh, I could help this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, my love can save him, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, just in the process of that, you know, I didn't know who I was. He didn't know who he was. And we were just trying to figure it out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that lasted how long? Uh, so we were together for a total of 21 years, okay. um, before, um, he had left, uh, married for 16, dated for five years before. That's a, that's a long time. Yeah. A very long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was half of my life and, um, when, when he chose to leave, it was a shock. Mm -hmm. It came, was there signs? Yes. I mean, there was, you know, but, um, just one day he's like, I'm, I'm leaving, Mm. you know, and, um, there wasn't anything I was going to say or do to be able to stop him. And you had had one child. One child. So it's, she's 16 at the time. She was, um, almost 16 at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, he just left, Mm. you know, and, um, I had, I had the home, I had her, you know, I still, um, had my career. Um, it, it, 
I was struggling with rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. You know, I, I look back now and I'm like, when I was trying to fight to save that marriage, I'm like, what was I fighting for? Mm-hmm. Because the marriage sucked. Mm-hmm. The marriage was not good. Um, um, he was very hard to love. And um, um, I can't say that it was all his fault because, you know, two, it takes two for something not to work out. But um, um, uh, it broke me. Yeah. It broke me. You, at what juncture in that process did you start attending Santos Church banning? Um, it was, I was often on attending other churches here and there and just never felt at home. And then right after he left, mm-hmm. I, I literally, probably within a couple weeks, mm-hmm. um, I was attending Sandals. Because it, I, it was telling you just a moment ago that I remember watching you. I mean, you would come up yeah. regularly. Yeah. For prayer. Yeah. Um, and you were just going through a very, very painful, broken place. Yeah. And as we're in this series, 40 Days of Prayer, yeah. um, it is a significant example of, yeah. like, not giving up. Yeah. Like, pushing yeah. forward, being persistent, not worrying about what other people think as you're walking in brokenness, coming to the to front to get I prayed couldn't. up by the prayer team. Yeah. Um, so... When you have nothing left, you see who you really are. Mm -hmm. And I hated who I seen. Mm. And I knew that really wasn't me at my core. Um, I mean, prayer saved my life. Mm. I mean, I literally converted my closet into a war room. Wow. I mean, literally, you would go in there and you think a crazy person lived in (laughs) in this place. (laughs) I mean, it's like a beanbag with all these it notes everywhere. And, and it was crazy as God, um, answered those prayers. I was scratching them out on my wall, you know? And, um, I mean, some of the prayers that I'm the most thankful for were the ones he said no to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my greatest pain, my greatest brokenness became my biggest blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm literally walking in answered prayers that I was up here asking for prayer about three years ago. Yeah. And um, we're not talking about little miracles. Mm. We are talking about can't even believe God did this. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wasn't even sure exactly what I was praying for all the time, but um, he did exceedingly more than what I was asking for. That's amazing. And, um, you also came up through soul care. So like you filled out the online form for help. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then you started meeting, um, with somebody and they were kind of helping walk you through this, this process. So that ministered to you. Yes. And now you're also through your experience Mm -hmm. because you have a heart for people that are going through broken places are a part of our soul care ministry. So kind of explain that process a little bit to us for you. So, um, go experiencing it myself and it, it was very uncomfortable for me to even ask for that type of help, you know, cause you know, growing up, we, it was not comfortable to talk about your emotions and your feelings and being vulnerable. Like I had said before, it was almost looked at like a sign of weakness. Yeah. So, um, you know, just being completely broken. I, I had nothing else I, 
I had nowhere else to go, you know, except to God. And then it just kind of led me into the soul care. And, um, that spoke to me the most, like I had said earlier, you know, these people came alongside me that did not know me. I mean, I had just started here and the love and the kindness and the tears that were shed with me Mm -hmm. and just someone to listen. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, they didn't even have to, they weren't even giving me advice. Mm -hmm. It was literally like, I got to experience the love of God through these two individuals mm. that I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. And that was the biggest impact for me out of it. Um, I wish I listened to what they did tell me earlier on, <laughs> um, you know, but I had to go through, Yeah. I had to go through my journey and my process to get to, to, you know, where I'm going to be. Well, so I, w- I would say though, even though you say you didn't necessarily listen to them early on, I think part of this whole process is you you had to go through a yeah. longer period of time to really get to this place yeah. because again you you would come up you would ask for prayer you would come up you would ask for prayer for almost the same thing yeah so many times so many months yeah. in a row and again like he was uh, mentioning Pastor Brian that the series we're in right now talking about that just being in constant prayer. Um, and trusting God. And I, yeah. one of the things we mentioned earlier was not during this podcast, but an earlier conversation was um, how, you know, some people will come up and receive prayer and they'll, they'll ask for prayer for this one thing. And then they won't mm-hmm. come back up for prayer maybe a month later if they're still going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were doing that. Yeah. Every, as often <coughs> as you Excuse felt me. led to do it, yeah. which was a lot. Yeah. And it was, it was almost every weekend and in tears. Yeah. Right. Yes. So you're like, you know, there was, everybody could tell like, okay, yeah. she's going through some hard things right now. Yeah. And you, and you were so <coughs> persistent. No, you're okay. You were persistent. You were like, I'm trusting God through this. Like yeah. I I'm trusting him. I feel like he's going to fix my marriage. But you were like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, but I'm going to keep trusting him. And so, I mean, it, for me, it was inspiring because you'd come up for a prayer and I'm like almost like waiting for the day where you're like, it's working. You know what I mean? And I just remember one day yeah, you were walking around outside. This was a very, I remember I talked to you. I said, hey, there's something different. Yeah, I remember that. And you were like, I'm good. He's delivered me. I'm, yeah. and I was like, all right, because you could see there was like something that fell off of you. There was a burden. Yeah. And so, and then you started doing, so I just think that you have uh, so much to offer somebody else that's going through something, even if it's just listening ear. Yeah. So I think it's just cool because, again, even myself, sometimes I find it hard to keep asking for God for the same thing and for years yeah. in a row. I mean, I'm wild. still asking for the same thing mm-hmm. um, right. in a way. And, um, Obviously, like, in the beginning, it was, please save my marriage. And then once I realized that that wasn't his plan, and I came to an understanding of letting that part go, um, that's when I found a breakthrough. That's when he gave me a breakthrough. Because what he was trying to do is, was he wasn't trying to save my marriage. He was trying to save me. Yeah. He was trying to save my daughter Mm -hmm. and and my Mm ex-husband, you know, and... Through all of this and, and the people that have come around me, family and stuff, this has changed so many people. I have an older brother who never would go to church, literally would hate a God. He blamed God for everything, you know, and um, he 
he literally had seen the brokenness and the healing that's transpired mm. out of this. And he, he's in church with his own family now. Wow. So good. Amazing. You know, and this is something like when I said that I'm walking through miracles now that were prayers years ago. And it's funny because my, even my mom said, she's like, I've been praying this over his life for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And she's seeing, she kept praying. She kept praying. And 35 years later, you know, she got all four children going to church, raising their families <laughs> with God in the middle of it. Yeah. And um, far from perfect, you yeah. know, well, you know, crazy. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, prayer works. Yeah. You know, you've got a, she's 19 she's years 19. old now. Yeah. And um, she, I mean, just tell, tell me just about your relationship with your daughter now. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, raising her as a single yeah. mom really for yeah. those years. So, um, yeah. So me and her have always been close in our own, in our own way. Um, but I just remember her growing up and when it started getting difficult, the teenage years, you know, she would say, mom, like, you're not listening to me. You're not listening. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm sitting here listening to you. But I was not listening. Um, I did not know how to connect to her. And you know, like I said before, a lot of it was because I was not connected to myself. And, um, you know, through the experience of it just being me and her for the last couple of years, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but like I leaned on her and I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But like she was an anchor that God gave me and she's so wise for being so young and she's so prophetic. Like just the wisdom that this 19 year old girl has, I'm like, it could only come from God, mm-hmm. you know? And, and before she was even really walking with the Lord, I mean, it was, it was there. And, um, what I, what, what the Lord has shown me through this process was I was trying to mold her into the image I wanted her to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, you got to be in the medical field. Oh, you got to play this sport soccer, right? Oh, you got (laughs) to do this. And you know, my ex-husband was, you know, doing the same thing. And this is where I wasn't listening. Mm. I, I was not understanding. I wasn't seeing, um, I wasn't paying attention to her gifts, her uniqueness, this girl's so creative mm. that, um, and, and just her sense of reality. Cause a lot of us women, we're not literal. Let's, I mean, I don't care what you guys, what <laughs> girls say where men are literal. <laughs> we are not literal or emotional, mm. you know, but, um, she has this good balance of being both. And, and what I love about her is she did not watch me love myself, but that girl loves herself. Mm. So she does not take anything that Mm -hmm. is not adding value to her life. And so she has taught me, God has used her to teach me how to love myself. That's great. A lot of times, like the, the worst fear that we have in terms of our kids is like, I don't want them to have to go through a broken family, right? That's like our worst. No, not that. But actually one of the things that um, God will allow to happen, Mm -hmm. this is how, Romans 8, 28, all things work yeah. together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, is that um, you have no idea the preparation, the work that yeah. God intends through brokenness. It's so strategic. Yeah, to work in that child's yeah. life. Um, so. Yeah. Um, I, I realized when he started shifting my perspective. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> first off, 
he has been breaking me of old belief systems that are lies that no yeah. longer serve me that I cannot continue into my next season. And there was so many deep rooted lies that, that, you know, were either spoken over me or that I witnessed or, or just how the enemy works, you know? Yeah. And, um, slowly over these last three years. And I could say, looking back now, he was doing it long before then. I just wasn't, my eyes weren't open to it. Um, how he has literally uprooted and that's painful. Oh yeah. Like that uprooting. Mm -hmm. And even now, as much as I have seen God and I know he is real and I know that he is love, even now, like it's very uncomfortable. Um, it still brings triggers and insecurities because it's like <clears throat> you've been programmed this way for so long and he's like reprogramming me. Mm-hmm. And I have to be very conscious about not falling back into the old patterns that he has saved me from. Mm-hmm. And um, even now, I mean, that's I'm in constant prayer about that because it's like, God, like I can't go back to that person. Mm-hmm. I can't do it, you know, and it's very easy to do that if you're not actively seeking him and uh, allowing him to love you, right? He's always loving us, Mm -hmm. but I, I wasn't receiving it. Mm -hmm. There's those blocks and slowly he started taking those blocks down and my prayer started shifting differently. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't so much praying for marriage or for, um, someone to, to love me, I was praying for God, let me experience your love. Mm-hmm. Let Use me to um, show other people your love like I've gotten to experience. Mm-hmm. You know, one with soul care and, you know, other people around me, and it's like, if that's my purpose, I'm good. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm good with that. Yeah, that's you, awesome. I'll wrap up with this. You mentioned that you're you are starting to write. Yeah. Right. So tell, tell us about that. Like, yeah. how did you pick that up and what are you doing with it? So not a writer at all, not even a great speller, you know, like that is not my forte <laughs> at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a couple of years ago, just the Lord kept prompting my heart to write a book. <clears throat> that's, that's the prompt that I felt. So, you know, just started taking a lot of notes, kind of just jotting down a lot of things, um, um, just kind of some things started falling into place about a ghostwriter, you know, cause I don't write. So I had to find someone that could help me with this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, just recently, um, it's just shifted. So, um, it, it's become less about writing a book and more about, um, poetry. Hmm. And, um, it just, it seems like it resonates with me differently. Um, it's still the same thing. I'm still, it's still my testimony. It's still, um, what he, what the Lord has shown me and put in me, um, it's just kind of coming out in a different way. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's and, really cool. Um, I just, you know, it, I f- feel it in my heart. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we'll see if it's not, you know, if it's just for, I do a lot of inspirational, encouraging things with um, social media, with um, Instagram, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and I just feel like if it helps one other person, yeah, um, inspires one other person, you know, then, um, Good. And it's a way to process too. Yeah. You know, getting words down on paper yes. is a great way to process this. You continue to process because all of us are, you know, processing through hurt and yeah. pain and um, expectations and dreams and, yeah. and all yeah. those kinds of things. Well, does, does, does your book just 
real quick. Does it have, um, is the, okay, so the, the, the poetry, is it more like a collection mm-hmm. or is it going to be something that actually follows? Yeah. So the book, um, the book is titled Purpose in the Pain. Okay. And um, it, it, it was just, you know, kind of a guideline of, of from beginning to end, you know, of just the process and, and um, you know, what God was doing throughout that whole entire time, even when I wasn't looking for him. Um, <clears throat> and now, like, yeah, it's just shifted to a collection of, um, it doesn't, it's not a flow. Okay, that's what I'm curious. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's more um, ideas or feelings or desires or but but in a way it's all surrounding love it could be I I think sometimes for people that are creative or that you're going through some sort of creative process with something and trying to share something that you've experienced that could also be a cool way to do it because then you're not so much focused on like how do I connect all of the dots throughout the whole process and everything like that and making Uh, it, it like this it's it's something to give it's like give you a piece of something yeah like every day well, you know we've seen god work enough to where he's going to prepare us for wherever he wants to bring us right so yeah. i am not a writer mm-hmm. like but <clears throat> i kind of see where he's kind of shifted me from that to like let's put you in this now because you're vibing here you're flowing here this is making you comfortable this is actually m- teaching you how to create mm-hmm. and um i think however he uses it i don't think what he's put in my heart about a book is not happening i think it's preparing me yeah. for whatever comes with that right because he's got to line up all these other things too yeah, right. but if you, you didn't know? start the process right, right of yeah. trying to figure right. that out you right. wouldn't get to you wouldn't be where you are right no. now as far as like understanding oh this is actually the lane that i that, that i'm supposed to get yeah. to so that's really cool yeah so you know he's i don't know if you ever noticed like i have a lot of butterflies on me you know, whether that tattooed or I wear them yeah. or like I represent them, you know, and, and, and it's funny. It started out as a, um, I asked God for a very specific confirmation and I asked it through a butterfly. And so like now he sends it to me in every kind of way you could imagine. But what it turned out to be was he was showing me how he was transforming me. Mm-hmm. You know, how you can start off so ugly, so broken with no not knowing who you are, what your purpose is, then you go into this cocoon-like stage where you're literally like dying. Mm-hmm. You are buried. You are in the dark. You feel lost. You feel like scared. And um, that process of transforming mm-hmm. um, to now blossoming into this beautiful butterfly that they don't even get to see their own beauty right it's yeah. for other people it's yeah. so crazy. you know and like he's kind of shown me that like like nicole i'm taking you through this transformation like and your brother yeah think about it he's seen the effects of what god's done yeah. in your life and he's seen the transformation yeah. and now he's and he's at like whoa there's something different yeah going on. do, you, do yeah. you know so this is like i got him in deeper with butterflies i know this is like off topic but <laughs> when they're in the cocoon they are literally beating their wings against the, the cocoon, scraping and scratching because that is building their strength. Because if they did not do that, once they hatch, they fall to the ground and die. So oh, this wow. way, as soon as they hatch, they've already gone through all of that battle and all of that pain and, and, and growth and strengthening. So as soon as they hatch, they're able to fly. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. That's, yeah. That is such a great analogy. And like, I, I, I think about that like, oh, okay, that's the process I'm still in you know, pretty much, you know, but, but there's those glimpses. Like he shows me those glimpses. like, 
I'm not done with you, child. Yeah, yeah. That's good. You know? And so um, that that gives me so much hope. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for s- spending time with us and sharing your story and, and even the real raw, broken parts of it. And uh, yeah. it's always for us an, an opportunity for others in the congregation or who might watch this online or listen to it in a podcast format. Um, it's a connect point. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why we do these. Um, that's And we're just thankful for your time and your transparency. Yeah. And we yeah. always yeah. try to wrap things up just by praying with yeah. those um, who come and share their story. So if you would, we're just going to go pray for you. Yes, please. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for Nicole. I pray covering upon her. And we're so grateful for her just sharing her story. We thank you so much that um, a significant part of the the painful time in her story was here at Sandals Church at Banning, where she um, found a just ministry that was taking place in her heart and in her mind, um, in her soul, through soul care ministry, through prayer, receiving prayer, being persistent in it, um, not relenting, not giving up hope, and just seeing... Um, Maybe not the the prayers that she had initially been laying before your feet happen, but even greater things. And uh, Lord, you have so much in store for us as we go through hard things um, that strengthen us. Lord, your word even says, no temptation has seized us except what is common to man, but God is faithful. He won't allow us to be tempted or go through trial except what Lord is common, but he will provide a way of escape so we can bear up under it. And so we thank you for that testimony in Nicole's life. And uh, we pray that that continued story would um, reveal itself, whether it's through her writing or poetry um, or just serving in soul care or um, as she's sharing with others at work, doctors and nursing staff and and other staff members, Lord, sharing her testimony and, and that many would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ or those who are far from you would be drawn close to you. We thank you for the testimony even of her brother and his family, Lord, now that they're in church. And, and so we just... Rejoice in that. We rejoice, Lord, that you, he has begun a good work in us, is faithful to complete it. And uh, we lay her before you. We pray that you bless her and prosper her life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Great job. Great job. Thank you.